it's a constant battle and it's a daily struggle to, to keep waking up and realize, man, for the first time in eight years, we won't be gathering at the shop in front of the shop and we won't be allowing, you know, maybe a few thousand people the very first opportunity to see these dirt roads that I think are unreal. And I, and so it was just kind of like living in the back of my mind and I was just trying to like suppress it. I was like, Nope, we're going to be in person. Nope. We're going to be in person. We're going to be in person. I swear to God, we're going to be in person. And then it was like, shit, no, we're not. (laughs) But the easiest thing to do, the easy thing is to give up. And mid South is not about it being easy. From KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor. And this is Sheldon. And on this episode, we talk Mid-South Gravel with the man himself, Mr. Bobby Wintle. We also talk about how the Mid-South is going to look a little different this year and about the grass routes that are all over the country. And to talk a little bit more about that too, we invited our friend Matt Acker to tell us about the grass routes he came up with here in Michigan. Before we get into that, Sheldon, I got my chain dirty. You got... It looked more, uh, more like the entire bike dirty. <laughs> I guess. Where, uh, where did where did you go to venture that you didn't find ice? You actually found some beautiful gravel roads. Well, gravel would be in quotation marks, I think, because it was more like sandy roads. I got my chain. So you were in Michigan. <laughs> Honestly, it reminded me of Michigan. Um, <laughs> I got my brand new bike finally outside, um, but. Uh, I did not venture it out into the snow and the slush. I mean, it would be impossible to ride right now unless you have a fat bike. For sure, we have like three feet of snow. But Mm -hmm. um, Rachel and I went down uh, into the panhandle of Florida um, just for for a week or so. And I got 100 miles in on one day. And thanks to my brother's friend, Paul, he put together this route for me. And I ventured out into some sandy gravel roads, and it felt good. You you look a little pink. Did you get some sun? I, I was just going to say, I actually got, <laughs> like, you could see the tan line on my arms. And uh, it was fantastic, man. Did I need an outdoor ride? And literally, uh, just a regular kit. I didn't wear arm warmers. No sleeves. No sleeves, no nothing, man. It was so much fun. And my bike worked great it was so dialed and uh it, it felt fantastic man this this route was was great too so i have to tell you about it it was in the the majority of it was through this air force range like bombing range practice area <laughs> so <laughs> there were there were a lot of these <laughs> gates that i would go through that if they were closed they were like do not do not pass through if they're closed because there's a, a live training session happening right now. And so luckily, um, Holy I, did, crap. I did go by quite a few like convoys of um, 
military vehicles and you know they honked and waved or it was no uh-huh. big deal but uh i didn't hear any bullets fly or anything like that <laughs> but because no no air raid sirens no air raid sirens um but they have all this land out there um and it's pretty remote and so like I said, it did remind me of Michigan, sandy roads. You're in like these pine forests, and it was climb way climbier than I thought. I got over three thousand feet of climbing in that. Uh, I and, saw and, that. I was I was wondering, like, did you find the one hill in Florida and just do repeats? <laughs> no, it was it was way climbier than I expected. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was a it was a fun day, and I was I was glad that I I, I got it out. So I was telling Brady about the my hundred mile route and i was like i don't know like mm-hmm. new bike i used a, a wahoo i used like uh i i got a, a wahoo element like a bolt mm-hmm. like one of those wahoo computers so i had i've yeah. never used that before for navigation so new bike new uh cycling <laughs> computer um an area i had no idea where i was <laughs> and and i knew it would be sandy and I think there was a potential that I could get like arrested for being on <laughs> on this land <laughs> or bombed <laughs> or bombed. And so he's like, "Yeah, you're really gonna give Sheldon a run for his money for those bad decisions." <laughs> but it all turned out great. <laughs> I did, and um, you might shake your head a little bit, but I. <laughs> I took my trainer down with me. What? <laughs> what? And I did Why? ride. <laughs> I did ride Zwift once when I was down there. For shame. <laughs> For shame. Well, I'm on that Zwift team and uh it, you you had a race to do. I had a race to do, so it was it was actually kind of cool. I set it up on the balcony overlooking the golf and uh-huh. uh it was at night and it was like nice and cool out and um, but I did, I, I did get out on a real ride, so I made up for it for sure. <laughs> Have you been doing any, uh, any riding Sheldon? A little bit on the trainer. Not, yep. not, not a whole lot. You know, it, as we talked about in the beginning, it is very snowy here in Michigan, very cold. Uh, so outdoor rides for us non-fat bikers is pretty much impossible at this point. I did see that the Michigan Gravel Race Series put out a, uh, a tentative schedule, mm-hmm. and it starts with the Dirty 30 coming up in March. In Saranac. In Saranac. And so I signed up for it. I thought, heck, man, I mean, might as well give it a shot. And yep. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I'm assuming it's going to be crappy, but <laughs> I thought, whatever. Mich- a Michigan spring. <laughs> yep. But I, I'm excited. It looks like it's it's pretty full. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about signing up for it, too, if you there's do still it. some spots open. I think you should do it quickly. It looked like they were they were getting pretty close to, um, to filling up. So just a few minutes ago, Sheldon, we got off a, uh, a Zoom call with Bobby Wintle, and I'm still kind of pumped about it. I don't know about you. It it made me want to go back to Oklahoma. Like I I I I won't say I forgot, but it definitely was a strong reminder of how amazing the the Mid South race truly is. Yeah, I mean, and Bobby's like a, a motivational speaker. First off, so yeah. it was so he has a great he has a great fallback plan right there. <laughs> yeah, if the yeah if the whole bicycle thing doesn't work out, Bobby, just like 
you know, you can go to middle school uh, auditoriums. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, I had signed up for Mid-South this year. Sheldon Mm -hmm. has done it in the past. And so um, I was we were looking forward to this year's Mid-South as as it's an amazing event. Amazing. And uh, like every event, they had a pivot this year. And I thought mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to talk to Bobby about how they specifically have pivoted and what their plan is. And um, and then also talk to Matt Acker because I know that he had some help uh, coming up with some local routes or, or yeah, local routes for us to do um, as as it's their uh, incredibly socially distant Mid-South for 2021. So Bobby came up with some some pretty creative ways that uh, he and his team have been dealing with this, coming up with uh, options, and he uh, definitely impressed and motivated me. And I'm I'm excited to to participate the best way I can this year and um, get out there as soon as I possibly can and take part in in, um, in Mid South. But yeah, what a fun conversation. Probably one of my favorites that we've had so far. Let's just get right into it. Let's hear from Bobby and Matt. Hey, Matt, I, I copied you. Uh-oh. Uh, we're, we're both bald. <laughs> yeah. I've been bald for about 15 years, so I'm not catching up to do. Actually, what happened was I uh, had my mother give me a haircut, and it turned out terrible, so we just shaved my head. <laughs> Can we please talk about this on the podcast? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I actually got to adjust my window blinds here, so I'm not like blinding everybody. <laughs> you oh. can't hide the pa- you can't you can't hide the paleness, Matt. <laughs> no doubt. You guys, do you shave every morning, Matt, or is it like a every few days thing? No, I actually, I mean, especially with COVID, I, I let it go a few weeks, so I get kind of like a Mr. Burns look going on. <laughs> and I actually thought about just letting it roll, like get like a good skullet going. And just have like this long flowing hair in the back, because the back grows well, but the top is just like straight chrome dome. <laughs> skullet? That's a thing? I've never heard of this before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's when you're bald on the top and you got long hair in the back. <laughs> okay, this this needs to be ready for the, the for the uh, Fargo sub forty eight. You need to yeah. have the skullet going, dude. I think we need to get started. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bobby, you doing a, a proper pour over over there? Like, uh, what? so I'm doing. I did. I did. Uh, I did the americano, or I mean, not americano. Sorry, Aeropress. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I've got this. I got this kettle. From fellow, oh, it's so wonderful! I mean, have you seen these things? Like, I mean, it heats up to two hundred whatever degrees, like in no time, and then uh, it stays hot for like an hour if you want. So you can always you can just come right back to it and make another one. But yeah, I've got a really lame grinder right now. I, I need a better grinder, but that that thing is sick. But yeah, I mean, but the Chemex is. The Chemex is the best, man. I don't know if you guys have had a Chemex before. I'm sure you have, but yeah. it's, it's good. But if it's just single times, like single cup, Aeropress is my, my jam jam. We appreciate you coming on the uh, um, coffee podcast. Um. <laughs> yes. Welcome. 
We're going to teach you how to make coffee. Coffee hour. You, coffee talk. Teach you how to make lasagna right now. <laughs> no, this is this is great. Thank you um, for like making the time for us. I, I think like just some quick introductions before we get rolling here. Um, you know Matt, I assume? I do. Okay. And Matt, I, I think you, how many times have you done uh, Mid-South slash Land Run, Matt? Um, three, four times. Three or four, for sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, and finished every time, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Famously last year on the single speed, getting the top 10. Top 10, releasing the bike, winning single speed category overall. <laughs> Crushed it, dude. It was so tight. It was it. It's kind of a storybook. Uh, it's like a. It was like it was like a. Yeah, I don't know, a, a fairy tale of sorts <laughs> for a bike release. But we haven't <laughs> talked about it much, so yeah, let's talk about it. Well, um, yeah, that's that's it is incredible for sure. It would be a book I would read to my kids if I had kids. That would be that'd be great. <laughs> Just curl up with Buckley on the couch and you know read, and you have to do all the voice changes for different narratives. Let me tell you a tale about. Um, <laughs> No, so we have Sheldon here in the in the jacket. Sheldon, is your heat not on? What's going on over there? No, I love this jacket. I, I well, I just walked in the door and just hopped right on the computer. But you know, I'm comfortable. Sheldon, your mom gave you a haircut, and it says your mom's name on the Zoom as well. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't know how to change that on Zoom. So <laughs> I think I think I've been Cheryl for like the last like five or six episodes. I think I think so. Um, so Sheldon has done. The you were uh, at uh, Land Run slash Mid South at 2019, right? You've, correct, yeah. correct. And and actually, uh, when I first parked my car and walked onto Main Street, there, the first person I ran into was Matt. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> oh, fellow Michigander, able to, and we kind of chatted it up for a little bit, and it it was a uh, it was nice to see a uh, familiar face as soon as I got to Oklahoma. Man, and I think that's where I. Um, where Mid-South really came on my radar and I was super jealous to see um, you ride at Sheldon and 2019 was a pretty pretty great year in terms of like conditions and everything and then 2020 sucked so I really thought about well maybe I don't want to do this ride. (laughs) (laughs) But I am I'm a Mid-South virgin but thanks to uh, Randy the Randomizer I was scheduled. I am scheduled to do the 2021 version, and uh, and now 2022. It looks like I have a spot for for 2022 as well. You do, so, you do. We decided. We we really felt. And Sally really was like, no, like there's no question. This is how we need to do it. So yeah, everybody that's signed up the 22 almost 2200, they're they're gonna have yeah basically a pre reg. So we'll do send out a passcode, get in. Put your name in; it's guaranteed. Amazing. Make it happen. Yeah, that's that's great, and it is definitely. I will say it is the top bucket list race for me, and um, and and it like it's only it's only made the lo- the longing you know is ma- is made uh, me want to do it more and more. So I'm I'm totally. super excited for next year, and I'm excited to see um, what is going to happen throughout the whole country this year. Now. Bobby, I know you've talked about it a lot. There's a great video that you produced about what's happening this year. But if you wouldn't mind, will you kind of explain just what you did expect or what you were hoping for for 2021, and then um, and then what it kind of has um, turned into 
Man, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, of course I wanted, I wanted the floodgates to be open. Um, I mean, last year we had 3,200 signed up. We, we, so for 2020, I mean, we sold out in six minutes. There were 5,000 people on bike reg bike reg told us at the time that we opened reg and they were like, man, this is, you guys are, you know, one of the, the fastest selling out events we've ever had. And it blew our minds. And of course, after like sponsored riders and our friends and stuff, we had, we, we were basically biting off, I think more than we could chew just to be so frank, like to have over 3000 people last year, we were like, okay, this is, this is a big test for us. I mean, our crew is tiny. It's tiny. You know, we added a marketing guy, Josh McCulloch this year, who's doing all the stuff you guys are seeing on social Mm -hmm. Sally's all logistics event manager myself, but I'm split between the shop. And then, you know, crystals there too, very much just a handful of us, less than 10 people that are really making this thing happen. And so when the pandemic hit, we were like, okay, 1400 people actually showed up for 2020. And we were like, all right, for registration for 2021, we know that the pandemic's going to be potential. It's going to affect us whether or not things are okay to be completely normal and open and racing and like no wave starts and all these other things. We, we thought, Hey, let's, let's dial it back. Like let's only let in about 2000 and we know we can handle about that many. We've done it before a couple times. And so like, let's just, let's, let's dial it back and also just be aware that we're probably going to have to pivot. Didn't want to pivot at the end of October, especially with conversations we were having with our city government, we, we felt, we truly felt pretty good. And then Thanksgiving hit and then everything kind of started to change in my brain. I think by Christmas, I knew, I, I, I knew and what we were trying to do and what the conversations we were having with sponsors were, we were, we were trying to talk about it in both terms. We were like, well, you know, we are talking about March, so it's this many months away and, this could happen and you know maybe the vaccines are going to be rolling out sooner than we thought or we we don't know we don't know we're just a small time crew right so i was struggling hardcore with two different ideas of an in-person and a, a, a virtual but i didn't want to call it virtual i wanted to call it not virtual because i want people <laughs> to ride bikes outside and so yeah we were going through the whole motions of wave starts how big are those waves? How do we make sure that uh, the people that potentially could win are going to be in the front? What's the finish line look like? Um, is it completely unmanned? You know, are, are, are we not going to know who actually won the race for, you know, a couple hours afterwards, but depending on how far apart our wave starts are going to be and how do we stage them? And then it was all also like, well, we have to have these answers for everybody involved um, on the back end of, well, if we aren't in person, what does it look like? And I, and I was just like, man, what kept coming back, kept coming back in my brain. What is it about Mid-South that makes it what it is? And of course, it's all of us being together. It's number one, it's that. It's us being together. It's about the community. And if it was about anything else, if it was about racing, if it was about, you know, points for another event or anything else, it, it would not be the same. And that's what I don't want to change. So I was like, well, how can we how can we recreate this with small pockets of community? And to me, it's retail, right? So like retail establishments, shops, bike shops are the second thing I think I'm most passionate about probably. Maybe the, maybe the first, I don't know. But shops being able to say, hey, like this is what we propose. And, you know, we just reached out to, to those that we thought would have a lot of 
participants already signed up kind of in their area. And then also that we thought would, would do a really good job. And so I wanted it to be just that, man. I wanted people to be riding bikes outside if it's possible. I wanted the sponsors to be able to send a bunch of swag to the shops for people to pick up. So we connect outside sponsor and then hopefully driving some retail sales for shops. And uh, now we're going to have routes all over the country. And, and then we were like, well, of course we want people just to make their own, but how do we publish it? So that's where the grass routes came from. And the grass routes idea, I think, is totally sick. And we, we're over 20 right now now and we're we're still letting more in and so we're going to have this map of the united states of america that will have all of the partner shop routes and then also all of the grass routes and and who's behind it so you can just go to our website and then get get any of the routes to ride ride a gps and so yeah is it the same no are we trying our best to like keep people excited and keep them stoked about riding bikes in the spring and give everybody from the participant to the sponsor, to the shops, something to look forward to. I think, we're, I think we're doing it. And it, it really, you guys, it took me a long time to like believe in this idea, even though it was all kind of coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I still was just like, I don't know if this is good. I don't know if anyone's going to care at all. And, um, most of the responses, um, that, that I've seen, I've been overwhelmingly positive. So, of course, I wanted it to be normal, and, and I'm hoping that 2022, we're going to be somewhere close to that, somewhere. Um, but this, this, I think, is our best foot forward. I think uh, you're accomplishing a couple things. Um, you are uh, letting the people that have signed up um, actually uh, do something or participate in something, so you're giving them that chance. But you're also opening it up to way more people than maybe you could have even imagined yeah. before. And I think that's where it's it's exciting and fun where um, you have a cap. If it's in Stillwater, there's a cap and you can only service this many people, but now right. it's unlimited. And um, you, you mentioned the, the partner shops. What is it? You have like five or six or four or five? There's eight total, eight? Okay. Um, including districts. So, um, so we've got Cycle East in Austin, Texas. Angry Catfish in Minneapolis, um, Yop Cyclery in um, it's in it's basically Denver. It's it's another it's another smaller town um, in Denver. My my buddy Levi he he dresses up as an owl a lot. I don't know if you've seen any of the photos of him <laughs> as an owl, but he's ridden the whole entire court. It's he I love him. They're a big they're a big surly shop. They do a lot of surly a lot of cool stuff. Um, District of course District Bicycles. Um, uh, Meteor, the Meteor in Bentonville, Gravel City in Emporia, Kansas, and why am I forgetting the other? There's others? one in Pennsylvania, uh, right? I thought I saw yes, one. Thank you, Hope Hope Cyclery, uh, okay. Jared Bunk, Hope, and I just don't have them right in front of my face. So, um, and Cycle Cycle Works in Lincoln, Nebraska. So the okay. the Gravel Worlds crew. Yep. And and I wanted to do one of two things. I wanted to go to places where. Like I said, we had people signed up. We knew people were signed up. So the only difference between signing up, being signed up, having a ticket, um, which we refunded 50% of everybody's registration fee, so they got 50 bucks back, and uh, we're still sh shipping out swag bags. So we're, we're actually, right now, we have a building downtown that's vacant um, that a, a customer owns, and he's allowing us to set up this big long... It's where we did registration packet pickup last year, but we're going to set up a big, huge table and have everything, uh, you know, 
assembly lined out so we can ship out 2200 swag bags it's going to be crazy and not cheap but oh well uh, now the 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 one thing that anyone that's done mid-south in the past how are we going to have a virtual bobby hug um so man should we release this information here matt matt do you know what's going on uh that's that's your call man <laughs> Let's just say this. Um, the partner shops will have something special. Okay. Um, there are two other shops. There are two other shops that will have something special, and those shops don't know it's coming, but they're very good friends of mine. And I had to, I had to kind of draw the line on partner shops somewhere because I, I think I could have had like fifty homies that have shops <laughs> and been like, yeah, let's go. And that would have been cool. But um, oh, I was gonna finish my thought real quick. The only yep. difference is you can win prizes from the shops right. or from the grand prizes, which we're doing. And some of the grand prizes we're doing are sick. 303 carbon uh, carbon zip wheel set, uh, brand new Storm Chaser from Salsa. If, you, if, uh, if you're signed up, th- these are all grand, grand prizes. And you have to join the challenge that we're going to put out there and then upload your ride um, that you do, whether it's one of the grass routes or the partner route, if you have a ticket, if you're signed up. If you're not signed up, the only difference is that you don't have a chance to win, but you're not out anything either. It's free. Just mm-hmm. go be a part of it. We're working on a t-shirt. Um, we're working on a pretty cool t-shirt. So if people are like, I just want to feel like more part of it, then that'll be on the website really, really soon. And we're going to try and get those shipped out before the event weekend. Also, um, that's different from the swag bag t-shirt, but yeah, um, we're working with salsa on some really cool stuff for Instagram. Um, so no, there's nothing at all like a real hug or a real high five, but we're going to get, we're going to try and do some really fun stuff. So Instagram, live stories or regular stories we're gonna have some we're gonna have a sticker pack we're working on a like a sticker pack for you to be able to make your your stories while you're doing your rides look really integrated into mid-south and salsa it's gonna be super sick that so. is that's awesome and i think that is the I'll leave it at that <laughs> that is the challenge right i mean uh because it is. you said one of the one of the 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 top priorities for mid-south or for you is that communal that community and celebrating that community and when you yes you you can um include a lot of other people with this format but also you you might lose that community and how do you how do you retain that so i felt like there's a couple ways that we were going to do that i felt like getting a physical item in the mail that's rad that you're going to use um that that is our swag bag with the custom bottle from salsa and our t-shirt and we got a bunch of really stuff from her. Um, they're electric or not electrolyte. They're a, a, a Betalin company that we just started doing, doing stuff with as a sponsor. So it's like a beetroot extract, little red pill that helps you acclimatize if you're going somewhere. And, and it also just helps your red blood cells get more oxygen. And I've been using it for a couple of years. It's actually super sick. So the, the swag bag actually come in your house. I felt like is going to bring people still feeling connected to a central core of the event. I, I know that Big Sugar, I think, sent out swag bags, but I can't think of any other events, bigger ones, you know, that have, have continued to say, hey, like, we're not going to be in person, but that doesn't mean that we're staring at a screen and we're actually going to send you out your stuff. And I know people get T-shirts every year and, and stuff and, and bottles, and it's, it's, a, it's a lot of stuff and a lot of plastic and a lot of waste or whatever, but I, I feel like it's it's a small thing 
that we could do on our end to make everyone feel still a part of it, even though we're not together. And then, yeah, when we were in that, that zoom call with salsa on how we could be creative about just trying to, to give people an opportunity to communicate. I'm a part of this. I'm doing it without having to do all the work on their own. That's when the sticker pack idea came up and I was like, why haven't we been doing this anyway? So I think every year, and I think we're going to start seeing other events do the same thing where, there's just like a short time frame of like the logo of the event and, you know, different, different, really fun. If they have inside jokes, you know, like what we've got with the hug and stuff, like it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So I, I feel like we've, it's caused us to think outside the box further that is going to absolutely enhance the experience in person later down the road. Fantastic. And that's going to be cool. So, um, you have, uh, the sponsored, uh, bike shop routes and who came up with those routes, the bike shops themselves. Some places. Yes. Some places. No. Okay. Um, like in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, Corey Godfrey, I believe w- was the one that, that made that route happen. And I leaned on him and he doesn't work at cycle works. Of course he's in the medical field. So, but he's a huge, he's one of the promoters for gravel world. So I contacted Corey first and then um, got a hold of Rick at, at Cycle Works, and they were just like, "Yeah, dude, absolutely, we're on board." And did, um, did those routes need to be like vetted through you before? You know, the, did you have like a criteria that they had to be at least? I mean, I'm sh- I'm I'm sure it had to be at least a, a certain distance long and 50k for the runners, mm-hmm. 50 mile um, with a with a halfway stop potentially, to, you know, for refuel, and then the 100 mile. And everyone is doing exactly what we do, and every route is a little longer than the proposed uh distance and so yeah like and then with with matt you know um you're doing you're doing a grass routes and it's the same way it's a little bit longer it's right at like 100.2 is that right yeah yeah i tried to come right in about that number and not stretch it out too far it's going to be pretty challenging so i didn't want to you know break people yeah so this is this is why i wanted uh matt to to be on with us i i saw when you announced the whole grass routes thing, I think I saw Matt, you instantly jumped on it and said, Hey, I'm going to make one for Michigan, which I thought was fantastic. And, um, so yeah, Matt, tell us about the Michigan route and, um, you know, all the details and how it is in the spirit of mid South. That's what I want to know how, how that route is in the spirit of mid South. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I had caught wind that this grass route thing was going down, you know, it was something that they knew I wanted to jump in on, throw something fun out there. You know, I love what Bobby and the Mid-South crew does. So being a promoter myself, you know, I wanted to try and help them out too in their cause. And I mean, when you first announce like things like that, that are new, that nobody's done, it's always a bit of an uphill battle trying to get people on board, trying to get people stoked. And I just wanted to help in that stoke process. You know, it's, it's been fun doing stuff with them in the past. And I wanted to, you know, try and return the favor how I could here in Michigan. And I love doing the event too. I was planning on coming down again. I know like, you know, you guys, have, you want to go, you know, Sheldon's been there. So there's a good crew in Michigan that would just love to do it. And I, you know, I just posted on Instagram, like a quick question of, in my story, like if I make a route, who's going to ride it? And there was 130 responses. Wow. What? People that were like, I'm in, I'm coming like Ohio, Indiana. 
you know, we got, there's a lot of gravel heads around here. So, um, I mean, of course, we'll have to see what happens with the weather because there's about two feet of snow on the ground and we're <laughs> you know, a out. I got a fat bike, so I don't care. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, getting to, you know, the route, um, having done the Mid-South several times and, and knowing what that vibe's all about, I wanted to build something very similar. And we don't have the, you know, the red clay and mud here, but we've got things like sand, which is very typical of Michigan. In my mind, kind of paramount and challenge. Uh, we've got seasonal roads, much like y'all have B roads and stuff. We just call them seasonal up here. They go through public game areas. They are typically closed for a good portion of the year. So they're pretty, pretty rugged, but super cool. They go through areas that most people don't ever go. And of course you got the hills. So we don't have uh, mountains kind of like you guys, but we got lots of like hundred foot climbs that just keep going. And, you know, I just tried uh, without getting too carried away, just work lots of those hills into it and also put the Michigan touch on it. And we've got a uh, covered bridge on the route. It, uh, there used to be a 140 year old bridge standing there. Somebody burned it down. But just last year, they got it finished and rebuilt. So it's brand new. Uh, nobody's ever done a race through it yet or a big ride through it. So it would be cool to have that. And one of the, the stops that I have is there's a local bakery that's always kind of, I wouldn't say they cater to cyclists, but it's a hot spot for cyclists. And they even have like a pull-up window to keep it safe where they'll serve you like right out of a, you know, a, they just took a window and cut a hole in their place and they serve people out of it. That's awesome. So it's, uh, you know, looking forward to it and I think it'll be a good time and looking forward to getting people out, you know, keep it spread out, but still get that vibe going of like a big ride mentality. Hopefully see lots of folks out there. Well, yeah, I was just going to say earlier, man, like I can't tell you how much it meant to me personally and like the whole crew when, when you and others said, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm in, I'm in. And, um, yeah, man, Jake Wells, Jake Wells called me like right away and Jake was like, dude, whatever you need me to do. And I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, you know, everybody's popping up and, and just coming out of the woodwork to support. And so, I mean, it just, um, it means so much. It means so much to us because this, this is our heart and soul, man. We do want people to, we want people to live and we want them to explore. We want them to like not do something just because there's some sort of like benefit at the end. We want people to do it because they just need to be moving their bodies and, and, and exploring and doing new things and also just, just keeping the stoke alive. And that's exactly what it did, Matt. So thanks a lot, dude. It was, it, it, it boosted us big time in a time when we were like, we don't know what the response is going to be. We might get derailed. <laughs> we don't know. So thanks. Yeah. My pleasure, man. And you know, I'm, also stoked to see just how everything goes over, what the turnout is, because, you know, frankly, we've been talking about Barrier Bay, which we have scheduled for October, but yep. kind of the same basket with you folks where that's, we're talking 4,000 to 4,500 people. And, right, you know, I just don't know what we're going to do yet. And so it's, it's cool to see you guys experimenting and not just saying, you know, it's off for this year yep. because we, yeah. we weren't able to do that it last, last year. Thing you know, we were three weeks after you guys last year, right in the, the heat of it. We already had everything moving and we had to shut it down. So, you know, for us, it's not an option to do nothing two years in a row. 
Um, Correct. Yeah. So no matter what, we got to do something. So it's cool. It's cool. You guys are, you know, putting your necks out there and trying this out. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, again, like we will return the favor, I promise. So if you guys, if anything, I, I hope, I hope, and I think, I feel like you guys are going to be in a good place, hopefully, um, in October. So we'll just have to wait it out and see, but I think so. Yeah. That's all we can do. Now, Bobby, uh, back in 2019, when I was there, you gave a, you know, uh, you addressed all the riders in the, in the pre-ride meeting. And I think you had the entire crowd in tears. Uh, you know, you addressed, uh, some people that had lost their lives and mental health stuff, which, uh, kind of hits home with me. Uh, and, and, you know, that speech, I was wondering, did you record that at all? Because that was the most amazing pre-ride meeting I think I've ever been to for, for an event. Oh man. And, I, and, and the emotions, I mean, you just looked around the crowd and everybody was in tears. Oh man. Thanks. Uh, it is recorded. We have all of them recorded actually. Um, and yeah, we've been trying to figure out what to do with them. Like what, what format or if we do just release them as like a raw, this mm-hmm. is, you know, you can come watch this if you want. I don't, I remember the very first time, um, 2013, very first time that I was standing in front of the start line. And so we didn't have a writer's meeting. We tried to throw a party at district the night before and no one came. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> super nervous. I guess we had 120 people from nine states the first year, which I still call an absolute win, like crazy. Um, but anyway, I just remember like, this is not my opportunity to tell people like what keeps me up at night. And, and I've said that in speeches before. And, uh, and yeah, man, 2019, that was a rough, I mean, it's been, we've had some rough years. I mean, I, I don't know how many we've had that have been rough, but, in those terms, I just felt like those things needed to be addressed. You know, like we'd had, we'd had one of those participants in Arkansas that I think potentially had, you know, cardiac arrest and hit a tree in a downhill. And, um, we had the same thing happen in, um, Wichita and then I not ironically, but we, we had, we had a death that, that year at mid South at, um, the last land run at 2019. And it was, again, it was a heart thing at mile six, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but yeah, it's, um, we might not have the next moment, you know, we might not have tomorrow. We might not. So like we, we need to be in the present all the time. And so I'm not going to give away too much, but we're working on a virtual writers meeting and, and I've got a, I wrote this speech actually last August, September, 2020. Mm-hmm. And I just write them on my, on my phone <clears throat> because most of the time I wake up at like two or three in the morning. And it's always, <clears throat> normally it's, it's the weeks leading up. And like, I just start thinking about the whole process of like, okay, we're going to do some live music and I've got to nail this and do that and, and do Matt, the release of the storm chaser, like learning that ACDC thunderstruck riff was <laughs> so hard. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a lead guitar player. And uh, so, I mean, I, I, I have these checkpoints in my brain of like, okay, what, what are we going to bring to the table? What are we going to talk about? And I always want there to be almost like a one word theme. And that year, 2019, it was pain, mm-hmm. pain. And it was, it was ringing, ringing in my head, ringing in my head that like everyone is experiencing pain and we sometimes make decisions based on unrealized pain, right? Like we're, we're going to switch from one distance to another, or we're not going to do some event because we 
are afraid that we, number one, might not be able to do it. And so there's like emotional pain with that, but there's also physical pain of like, oh, you know, my body's not ready or whatever. <clears throat> We're all dealing with it. We're all dealing with pain. And so this year, this year, I really want to hit on being in the present. You know, we don't have tomorrow and we can't change what happened 15 minutes ago. <clears throat> you know, like we, we can't, we, our control is very limited. <clears throat> and the only thing that we can control is what we do, what we say, how we treat others right in the very moment, in the very moment that we're alive is the only thing we have. It's it. So pre being present. And I think it's, it's telling and I don't know where this stuff comes from. I just, it just comes through my mind and I have to put it down, but I think it's very, very, very important to talk about that right now because we can't be physically present in all these places that we normally are. And how are we dealing with that? What are we doing with, with that reality of, of not being able to be physically present at family gatherings or funerals or weddings or reunions or parties like, you know, like class reunions or, and in our case, big, huge, absolutely fantastic events that we all look forward to every single year, whether we're going to ride or just support or be there. And so, yeah, man, um, it's recorded. I will do what I can to get things on YouTube. I need to, I've got, I've got Josh now to help with all that stuff. So th thanks, man. I don't know. I just, I just want to speak from the heart. I want to build routes from the heart. I want to build an event from the heart and I, I want that vibe to grow. And so the next few years, man, I, I want to do more of that. I want to have more, more guest speakers that are 10 times better than me or whoever else has ever been on the stage before. I want to, I want to push the limits of, of Stoke in a way that I think bringing in more music and, and more types of things like that, less race driven, less product driven, you know, more uplifting for the entire crew. Because if we were just focused on racing, one person out of each category stoked and everyone else is pissed. And I've heard that about, <laughs> yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that about crit, crit racing over and over the American road racing scene. <laughs> everyone shows up wanting the same thing. And, you know, 10 people stand on a podium at the end of the day and everyone else is bummed. And it's just mm -hmm. like, that's as gravel continues to grow. Sorry. I know this is not what this is about, but as gravel continues to grow, we're going to start seeing this headed that direction. We all know it. It's the inevitability of it, but I'm going to do everything I can to make Mid-South more about what happens at those riders meetings than the podium forever. And yeah, two, 2019 was hands down my best season on the bike ever. And I seriously, I got home. Trevor can attest. As soon as I got home from Mid-South, I was like, that was the greatest event and the riders meeting. It, the course is awesome. The course is, yeah. is brutal. But that writer's meeting, I, I've never walked away from a writer's meeting and just felt like a huge weight off my shoulders. I, the camaraderie that we felt with, like, I just started talking to random people at there. And it was, I don't know how to put it into words other than it was absolutely amazing. And, and it, it, it gave my year one hell of a push. Yeah, and, and I definitely, awesome. like, you were you were super motivated after going to uh, um, Mid-South Land Run. And I am totally happy to hear that you are working on something where we all can experience that, um, in a different way this year yeah. and still yeah. be motivated and, um, and you can still be authentic and speak from the heart because obviously 
right now, I can tell that that is something you are passionate about and very good at. But also, I saw that um, people are worried about the beer release, and I want to know about this beer release thing, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I, no, this is great. Um, so, new, new can, new can's happening. Um, we, we made the call. We were like, we don't care if it's in person or not, we're doing the beer still. We're, we're scaling it back. I think, uh, dude, I think last year we did 18,000 cans. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> when they told me that, uh, cause I called Jared and Dave that own iron monk. And I was like, how many did we do last year? And they were like, Oh, it's like 18,000. I was like, no, we didn't. That's crazy. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> That is one of my favorite things ever, by the way, is having like a pallet of 3,000 cans at the finish line. Oh, man. It's so good. So good. Get, so, getting that beer at the at the finish line was just it, the icy on the cake. It's, you crack a beer, get a hug, and your your day is done. Right? I mean, I want to – Tyler and I – Tyler, that's there with me at the finish line. Tyler's the manager at District. We always joke around. Um and we've never publicized this at all, but we, we truly feel like we have the best, we have the best finish line in America. Like I, I think, Pretty sweet. I think we do. I think, <laughs> I think it's amazing. And dude, it's an endurance event for me. Like no other, it is so much fun. I love it. I love it. I've, oh my gosh, we can talk about that for hours, but anyway, your can release party is happening the same time that we normally do it mm -hmm. um, at the brewery. And it's just going to be our crew, but we're going to live we're going to either do live stream or we're going to do like a, a, a produced video of, of the, of the beer can release party. Is it going to be as sick as last year? No. Are we ever going to be able to top last year, Matt? Like, I don't think so. It was so much fun. Oh man. It was so fun. Um, so yeah, we're, we're still doing it. Um, we've got people talking about driving here from some other grass routes places and partner shops to pick up beer uh potentially so we're trying to figure it out because we can't ship it legally um but anyway that's all i'll say about that and we're we're, we're gonna have we're gonna have the beer so do you know anybody with the trans am and a semi truck yeah, yeah smoking the bandit this well, i got an old mustang i mean i'll drive that down we just need a semi driver all we need to do is put the call out on social media i think we could probably figure it out uh, <laughs> So sick. So yeah, beer cans happening. It looks really good. Um, your design is killer. Uh, Brian Couchman has been uh, the the lead dude behind all of the new design for Mid South, the whole entire rebrand. And we refreshed some colors and stuff this year. It's similar, but just a little little softer, a little refresh, um, which we'll do probably every year. And yeah, the can looks sick. So we want same recipe. I brought them all of my favorite IPAs from all over the country, like Stone Stone IPA from San Diego, mm -hmm. and just basically said, hey, like. Don't copy it, but like this is what I like, and I think, I think most people will like it. So let's do it. And yeah, yeah, yep. killer, killer beer. It, I, I was impressed. Still, a lot of times, you know, small release, uh, you know, specialty made beers. You know, you'll take a sip and you're like, oh, that's interesting. But they kind of tried to oddball it. But no, that's a straight up American IPA. Yeah. Super good. We wanted to be a little sessionable, like a little crispy. You know, mm -hmm. not 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 sit you down like super heavy and uh but it's still i think around i think it's still around like seven percent even though we tried not but even it, it's okay so i think it's delicious it's great that's 
we that. we actually had a guest on that had an extra can and brought it so Trevor could try it before. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he, uh, John, one of the Johns from the triathlon the uh, Grand Rapids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's super it. sick. It was, it was very cool. Yeah. Um, so it sounds, I don't want to necessarily call it work, but because it doesn't sound like this is work to you. This sounds like a passion for sure. But sure. Um, one could say that a, uh, a socially distant race would be less work than an, than, a, than an actual race, but it almost sounds like you are putting way more work into this year than previous years. Would that be a kind of a correct statement? It's so much different. I know, Sal, right. Sally and I have been talking about this every week where it's like we know we have a lot to do, it, it just seems like it's been a lot more conversation, especially with sponsors. It's been, and, and that's, that's something that I, I just want to say straight up, like the sponsors have come behind us hardcore and have stuck with us. And all of our main people are still here. Salsa, number one, Vittoria, Kuat, everybody, man, has like been, you know, of course, like, hey, we need to talk about this. We need to figure something out. But I, I would say it's it's different because like Sally's logistical side of things, normally she's working with, you know, 30 plus brands on the side of the expo and plus our sponsors and, you know, working we're working on setup and downtown structure. And then we had 10 live bands last year on Friday and I was hoping to do twice that many this year. I wanted to do 10 on Friday, 10 on Saturday. And so there, that potentially you'd have a live band playing whenever you came across the finish line on Saturday instead yeah. of just the PA rocking something dope but um that that's where i see things headed um so it, it wasn't i will say this if you saw me in the meetings and just how hard i've struggled with pivoting then you would be like man bobby's probably not that passionate about this anymore but i am i'm just <laughs> it has been it has been hard i sure. want people to know that we haven't made we haven't made one decision lightly not one and and the, the want and the feel to like kick it down the road was 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 pretty high. I mean, it was just like roadblock after roadblock after roadblock of like how 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 is this going to make sense for the general public that did spend money with us? Like, how are we going? How are we going to truly give them something of value? Because that to me, the customer is number one. Sponsors are number two, and what I want and hope to see out of the event. And our crew is, is last, even though we, we got to take care of ourselves. So we take care of everyone else. We got to take care of ourselves to take care of others. But man, it has been, it has been less physical work and there's less moving parts, but completely different. So it's, it's been, it's been harder per se, because we've been doing it. And Matt, I don't, I don't know how long you've been doing Roubaix. <clears throat> um, but I mean, this is, this is year nine for us. This was number nine. And it's like, Okay, we we've been growing, so it it's gotten bigger and it's gotten more complicated, but we know what we're doing and I feel really good about that. And so like we're like, yep, boom, insurance, timing, this. Our finish line structure is sick now. Like we built that on our own with a local crew that does steel outside of town. And like I wanted it to look like the red hook crit finish line because I thought that was the coolest finish line I've ever seen. <laughs> we put lights in it, they can change colors. Like we did all that ourselves. Trevor, Stewart. Uh, on our committee uh, is rad. And so like, we know what we got to do. We've got to go to the rental place and get the sky track so we can put the finish line structure together. Like we know 
the inside bolts. We got to go to OSU and we give OSU a couple hundred bucks to get all their barricades and fencing for the finish line corridor um, from Boone Pickens Stadium. We got to get the U-Haul so we can get said barricades. This year it's like, okay, everything has to be ordered in time. Um, how do we make this fun on the internet? And now we're just going to have to like make an assembly line and pack and ship everything and then also make sure the shop isn't full of too many people whenever they come for the weekend. And so it's just, it's scaled back. Yes. But I'm sorry, this is a long winded answer. I'm going to give you super long answers every time. you ask. <laughs> yes. It's, um, it's been totally different, totally different. So I can't, I can't really compare the two because they're not anywhere the same, but yeah, Matt, how long have you been involved with Rubik? So, uh, Jenny was actually first in on working on it and she's been doing, cause she does graphic design. So I don't even, I don't know if you remember when she crossed the finish line and she had the tiny Bobby on her helmet and stuff. Uh, absolutely. If you need an extra <laughs> sticker graphic, I'm sure she has that AI file picking around. Oh, okay. All right. Let's hook up after this. Let's do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was doing like their shop posters and stuff for a while because the Roubaix has been around uh, this past year would have been our 12th year. Um, 2020 would have been so it started out with just with one couple kind of like same thing like you said like hundred and some people and then you know you fast forward to last year and we had four thousand and some in a wait list so um <laughs> just crazy i mean a lot of the same stuff like you said of, you know we feel like as a crew we've got you know all the like getting u-hauls getting the fencing you know we have like the hastings track team comes out and helps set up our barricades and that's cool. Um, all that jazz, you know, when you get the Porta Johns in, how many get the stage. But, you know, like just last year when we had to make the call on canceling and trying to figure out how to make it fair for everybody, like you know, we offered to ship people's merchandise out. And I think over the course of a couple of months, like just mostly myself, I shipped about a thousand packages. Um, Dude. You know, just because they have to like, you can't trust people's bike reg info. They got addresses in there that are like 50 years old. <laughs> so I'm like emailing all these people and they're like, you know, trying to send stuff to apartments in Chicago that don't exist. Oh, oh man. I, I, yeah, that's where we're going to be. And Sally sent out an email the other day with that exact, like, Hey, if your address isn't correct, like please. And she got 130 responses, I think. So I'm, I've, I'm feeling for her for sure. It's great. Yeah so crazy i'm sure i mean matt and 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 bobby you know there's a thing about when you're when you're working on a project you're you're trying to get all the details around and, and you're really giving a lot of yourself and i mean this is you're 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 giving a lot of yourself for others in in these kind of races you're creating an opportunity you're creating an event for people to enjoy and then a lot of at the end of the day at the end of the event you can see people enjoy the the race or the event, and then your tank can be refilled. And, and I hope, and maybe this is not so much to you two, but it's to everyone else. Um, I, I hope that when people experience the Barry this year or people experience Mid-South, that, that you guys get some sort of positive feedback from that where your tank can be filled and keep you guys motivated for next year or for the following years. And 
and it's just not a bunch of uh, uh, silence and negative comments on, on social media because I know people are going to be out there. I know people are going to be enjoying it and appreciating the work that you guys are doing. Um, but I just hope and I'm just get, I'm hoping that people out there will will respond to it and then let you know and let the community know um, how appreciative they are of the time that you all are putting into it. I think so. I think it, I, I already feel it again, like immediately with Matt and Jake and others and all the shops, everyone I called. Um, oh yeah. And just to kind of circle back to about the routes in general. Um, I, I know every single person personally that I called. Um, so I trust them and I know that they've done events and uh, they've either done, done a lot of events themselves. These route creators at the partner shop, they've actually put on events themselves too in places. So like, like, uh, Aaron Oppel up in Emporia, you know, he, he helped put on um, gravel race in, in Manhattan, Kansas. And um, so, I mean, ever, ever and done mountain bike races and stuff. So the, the thing that boosted me, I think the most was when we finally said, okay, it's time to call the shops. We're moving forward with this, this not virtual event. And uh, everyone on the immediate, I mean, the, the conversations were super short. They're like, absolutely. No questions asked. Like, yes, we're in. And, you know, hearing that from a shop owner or a shop manager like Kevin Gherkins and Meteor, at Meteor in Bentonville and then uh, shop manager Josh uh, at uh, Angry Catfish. It's just it was so encouraging. It was like, OK, they think this is a good idea. This could potentially be good business for them. And it's giving us all again. I know I'm going to beat this over the head by the time we're done, but it's giving us something to do right now that is not potentially on Zwift. If people want to do a Zwift 100 miler and put that in. <laughs> into the thing and they're signed up we're allowing that we haven't really talked about it but it's like you know you live in canada and you're signed up and that's what's going on or you're in michigan and like you don't have a fat bike whatever we're not we're, we're gonna leave it pretty open but yeah man i i can't wait to see the metrics of how many people download the routes and so we're working with kevin on that i want to release all that data after the fact like here's how many people downloaded a partner route here's how many people downloaded a grass routes Here's how many people actually submitted it into the the you know the the, the raffle. I, I cannot wait, man. If it's I don't know who cares what the number is, but it's it's going to be cool to see, and I'm going to publish it just to give other race promoters and actually other individuals the the information to to be stoked about it because I think it's going to be a lot, and, I, and we'll just have to see. I'm I'm super excited to see how it how it goes over. Like I said. And- you know, Bobby, I think you you really hit something on the head that's been on my mind through this whole pandemic is that I hear lots of people talking, you know, especially when we post about our events being delayed or going to events that everybody's like, all right, you know, we're just like fingers crossed looking forward to 2021, looking forward to the fall. Everybody's kind of putting off living in the now in the hopes of living what they want to do in the future. But, you know, the that's, I hate to see people do that. Cause like you said, you don't, you don't know what, what tomorrow looks like. You don't know what next week looks like. Um, you don't know, you don't know what your mental state will be like. Will you still be interested in doing these things? You know, will the stoke stay alive that long? And, and that's been a huge thing, you know, throughout the past year, like last year we did this little grit series here in Michigan, where I just threw some routes out every week and, you know, got a little buzzed up at night and wrote up some commentary and just tried to keep people stoked when things were pretty crummy, you know, and we weren't even allowed to hang out in small groups. And 
Right. A lot of people rallied and did them. It was super cool to see. And you know, when you posted this, that's like the first thing that hit my mind was build some stoke on this, get people excited because it's, you know, it, it gets people out there living their lives. It gives them something to look forward to in the near future. And, and like you said, I want to see people out there riding now, not, you know, waiting for next year. So the easiest thing to do, I agree. Thanks for, Dude, thank you. And like, I agree. It's just, it's so easy. It's so easy to give up. That's the easiest thing to do. The easiest thing to do is just be like, nah. And like in some cases, in some cases, especially with the time frame of last year, I mean, you, you didn't have enough time to think about it. The, the thing that we had, you know what I mean? You don't have enough time to pivot and say like, oh, here's how we're going to change the course of this and come up with something different. And like, in our case, it was like, we had the whole year to be like, this could, we could not happen next year. And, uh, and so it was just kind of like living in the back of my mind. And I was just trying to like suppress it. I was like, nope, we're going to be in person. Nope, we're going to be in person. We're going to be in person. I swear to God, we're going to be in person. And then it was like, shit, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah. But the easiest thing to do, the easy thing is to give up. And Mid-South is not about it being easy. It's not about, it's not about, you know, just celebrating because you, because you tried, which we, we do celebrate everybody but the the idea is that it's like no like do something hard and and again it wasn't pretty um the meetings with me were not pretty getting to this point um i'm so grateful for our team for sally for crystal for our committee for everybody for all of our sponsors i'm so so thankful because i was grumpy and i was not stoked and that's not who i am and uh doing stuff like this is completely changing that for me. So Trevor, man, like, thanks. You're helping me. Like, I don't know if you guys realize it, but it's, it's a constant battle and it's a daily struggle to, to keep waking up and realize, man, for the first time in eight years, we won't be gathering at the shop in front of the shop and we won't be allowing, you know, maybe a few thousand people, the very first opportunity to see these dirt roads that I think are unreal. And I, and so, you know, it's thanks, man. Thank you, Trevor. I appreciate this so much more than you know, actually. It just, it feels good to talk about what we're doing. Bobby, thank you. I mean, this, this was awesome. And, you know, I, there's so many things I want to talk to you about and this is going, I don't care. This is no, no, no. Like, I feel like we need another, uh, a whole other time, but like, this is the timely thing. And this is what I want to hear about. And this is what people want to hear about, but man, I want to talk about music with you. I want to talk about, um, that crazy ride you did in Arkansas. Like what the hell, man? (laughs) Okay. Real quick. We can sum it up in this one sentence, this finger feels broken like it's healing from being broken still and i did not break it and it arkansas oh my god if you want the hardest shit you've ever done (laughs) in that distance um that's it that's it man i mean it's 50 percent pavement 50 percent dirt and it's still to me i think the the dirt the dirt is just some of the roughest roads i've ever seen um roughest roads I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, anyway, from all the vibrations, uh, my grip strength is still bad. And how long and ago then, was that? Um, it was dude is, is the very first, uh, we started October 31st on a, on a Friday, I think it was Friday or Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And, uh, so it was that first week of November. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 700 miles months ago. Holy cow. And yeah, no, I know. And I'm not doing, you know, I didn't do physical therapy or anything, but 
I probably should. <laughs> My feet were numb. It's funny for like you say that because 60. this whole time we've been sitting here. <laughs> what is that thing? I need that thing. It's called uh, it's called a handband, and uh, ever since that. I did uh, this more ride. Shoot, I think it was 2019. I haven't had like I couldn't use my left hand for a month. It didn't work, and uh, then I just saw some more specialists like a month or so ago just to try and get more function back and yeah. more grip. But yeah, I've just been this thing's been great because I was doing like you know the the squeeze yeah. strength, so I uh-huh. keep them in my office here to do while I'm on the computer. But then the uh, the physical therapist guy said, you know. You got to do both directions. So, yeah, get you one of these, man. I it will. Helped Dude. a lot. It helps with this like thumb and pinky strength. And- yeah, yeah. I was just holding on for dear life, you know, <laughs> and like doing forty mile an hour descents with no a bit like all all inhibition, like out the window. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and that was the only way that I was able to go fast. Is like I don't climb fast. So I'm not flat fast on the on the on the flats. But man, you point me down. And like, I don't care how skinny my tires are. Like I'm sending it, <laughs> man. Nope. Yeah, now we can talk about that forever. It, what, what was your setup for that? So uh, what kind of bike? Oh, here. It's right here. Here. We'll move this way. So I did, I rode my moots. Um, so moots route 45, 700 by 38 Vittorias, the zip, zip wheels to a dyno, um, ran a 46 bar. Um, yeah, it was the, uh, the new, the new Envy, the, that brand new Envy bar. Yeah. Their, their gravel bar. Yeah. Their G series bar. Um, it's a little, it's got a little more, it's got a little more in flare than maybe, maybe I, I wanted, but the mm-hmm. biggest problem is that I changed literally everything the week of the event. Cause I was like, man, I've got the GRX. I've got that new Envy bar. I just got a new tie post for moots and, and I didn't change out my chain ring and I, it was so bad. It was so bad. I changed everything. It was the worst decision I could have possibly made. <laughs> so yeah, by getting into hot springs by that day, that day four, like my knee was just raging at me. And it was all because I changed my crank length from 170 to 172. And I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll just change my seat post heights. It'll be fine. No, it wasn't fine. It was a terrible <laughs> idea. And then, but then my hands, I didn't like two weeks later and Ted, Ted King texted me. Ted was just like, okay, it's been two weeks and my hands are getting worse. What's the problem? And I was like, yeah, mine too. I don't know. The divide wasn't even like this because the divide, we had these opportunities to just get out there and spin it out, you know, and chill. Uh-huh. And I also used arrow bars on the divide. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not using arrow bars this year. Like I'm not doing it in Arkansas. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Arrow bars are sick. <laughs> but no, anyway, I'm sorry, Trevor. We're going way over, but no, yeah, no, it's it, all good. It's an incredible route. Um, it's it's incredibly brutal. I don't know if I ever want to go back. I'm not sure. I didn't finish, <laughs> and I I don't quit things. Uh, but I couldn't ride my bike. It, it, I was a mess. I was, felt like I was my legs and feet and my Achilles were just. Yeah, my right foot was so swollen. I've got photos. It was disgusting. It was really cool. Really cool experience. Never had that happen before. <laughs> well, that, that's a good place to end it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Nasty feet. Cool. S- swollen feet. <laughs> no, Bobby, thank you so much. Matt, thank you, too, for, for jumping on. This Cheers, was, guys. This is fantastic. A great way to uh, spend a Friday afternoon for sure. 
Um, I just need a beer and it would be perfect. So. Yeah. Next time we got, we must do beers. Yeah. Must. Yes, absolutely. I think, I think no. the, the thing to look forward to is, uh, uh an in-person beer at the yeah. next mid south 2022 although matt i will live in the present i'm not i'm not saying that <laughs> well hopefully hopefully you and sheldon come out for the uh grass routes over here in gr and then we can have beers when we're done at a distance so. that's that perfect. sounds like a deal to me and yep. you know like uh we can look forward to barry Roubaix and you having to ask us to leave because we're the only people left drinking at the end of the party <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. It's just because then I want to start drinking. So. <laughs> I'll see what I can do about um, Mid-South beers being in your hands in Michigan. This that year. sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. Let's make that happen. Bobby, awesome. thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. I guys. appreciate it so much. This is awesome. The Dirty Chain Podcast is a Michigan Mid-Pack Media production in partnership with KOM Cycling the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast, email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com, or call our hotline at 616-522-2641. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by Trevor Gibney. Sheldon Little handles the social media, graphic design, and of course, bad decisions. Thank you to Bobby Wintel from Mid-South for joining us on this episode, and thank you to Matt Acker for also joining us on this episode. And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack. <laughs>